Hey guys, welcome to episode number two of what we are currently calling His Hands Church Behind the Scenes. Do we want to rename it already? It's the second one. We can rename we it. We said we would. HHCBTS 2.0. <laughs> That's the rename. Now, <laughs> now with 50% more T. <laughs> it's like, which, which letter does it get more? <laughs> and T's the. How do you? Ha- what does that even mean? Fifty percent more of the. More of the. More articles is isn't the more, an article? Is that its grammatical more of classification? The. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. I should probably know that. I went to school. Okay, so <laughs> here's what uh, here's here's what this is. If this yeah. is the first one of these you've ever listened to, wait. And by the way, we said episode two. You don't have to listen to episode one. These all sort of stand alone. Um, yeah. This is Nathan Fowler. Hello. I'm Justin McTeer. We are uh, two of the people that lead His Hands Church. And so what we want to do with this is basically create a conversation where we talk about some things that are very important to us as a church culturally so that you, as someone who either goes to his hands or, or maybe you're interested, whatever, uh, maybe, you, maybe you're looking to find some dirt on us. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, why are you doing that? What do we ever do to you? That's what I'd say to you. But whatever your, your intention, good or evil, is, we just want to pull the curtain back and we want to be able to give you sort of the inside scoop on why we do things the way we do, because we think it's important, especially if you are part of this church, yeah. to, to know that stuff. So every episode we take a simple question and we just talk about it. There's no script. We haven't practiced this. Uh, we don't know what we're going to say. <laughs> Most of the time, we don't know what we're going to say. <laughs> yes. so, so it's kind of so like... nothing new. Yeah. It's the use. So here's, here's, the, here's the question <laughs> I want to I put out there. And this is, this is funny because it's a very specific question, but mm-hmm. it's a question I get asked more often than any other question I get mm-hmm. personally. Mm-hmm. I get these all the time. Why don't we do altar calls at His Hands Church? Why don't we do altar calls? Now, just in case there, there's someone listening, maybe His Hands is your only uh, church experience, and so you're like, I don't know what an altar call is. Nathan, will you please explain to everyone the concept of an altar call? Let's examine that first, and then we can talk about why we don't do them. Yeah. Feel free to make fun of altar calls, not because they're wrong, because they're not, um, <coughs> but because... It is okay for us to laugh at church stuff. Yeah, it's okay for us to laugh at ourselves. It is as human beings. It is, and That's we work we work thing. in church world, so we can make fun of it a little bit. And and you know what? If if, yeah, if it's wrong, God will kill us. If not, I'm just joking. He won't actually, that's a good point. Like not <clears throat> just. To even not assume that everyone knows what an altar call is, that's actually like a good realistic perspective. Yeah, we grew like, up in church, so we grew up in the in altar calls. Yeah, were, it's very normal. It was, it was like it was a, 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 an essential ingredient, like on the to do list on Sunday. Oh know, yeah, you had to, you things had to be done. You can't in church one if there hasn't things. been an altar call. Um, but then there's probably a lot of people that just to even say altar call is. Right. What are you talking about? It's kind of so, specific to probably a certain church experience. But yeah. yeah. Here we are. We're in Atlanta, yeah. Georgia. And so we live in the land of altar calls. And we get asked a lot, <laughs> why don't why don't y'all do altar calls? So Nathan, tell yeah. us what an altar call so is. So the, the, the idea of an altar call is it's usually just to take a few moments in a Sunday morning or if it's a Wednesday night or whenever, you know, an, an event is. But to me, they can tend to be a little... Uh, oh, before hold on, before we we like pick it apart. I'm not going anywhere. Just I'm what? Just describing let's, it. let's do I'm the just, what. I'm just describing it. Okay, all right. Just, just from my perspective. Okay. All right. It, it it is usually a rather emotional moment um, where you know it's it's laid out. Okay, Jesus died for your sins. Yep. If you want to go to heaven and not go to hell, Ooh. the way to do that is that you're going to get up out of your seat. You're going to walk all the way down the aisle. 
and be down here at front, or you're going to raise your hand and we'll, we'll emphasize that every eye will be closed and head will be bowed. Heaven forbid anyone else know that yeah, you raise why, your hand. Why is this a shameful thing? Right, exactly. Nobody look like, at the people getting saved. I'm like, Nobody anything, look at them. Yeah, if anything, it's like, dude, if you want to raise your hand, we'll like cheer you the heck on. Right. But no, the altar call, it usually, I, I do, I, actually that part I do get because it, it can be a very, it's private. A, very, a very private, vulnerable moment. Um, but so some will be to walk down the aisle to the front, actually to what would be like traditionally called the altar. Sometimes it's raising your hand. But it's that moment where it's, you're going to repeat a, a repeat a prayer, almost like doing wedding vows. Um, and uh, uh, so that's kind of yeah. It's, thing. It's, so it's, it's a moment almost always at the end of a, of a, of a church mm-hmm. gathering, of a worship yeah, service, whatever you want to call it. It's the culmination of that and day. And the, mm-hmm. the person on stage gives everyone an opportunity in that moment to make a decision in that moment to say, I'm a Jesus follower. Yeah. And, and they can do that by walking down the aisle, um, coming up front. They can do that by raising their hand. And almost always there is this sort of element of, you know, when I grew up, it was always with, with every yeah, head bowed and every sneaky. eye closed. Yeah. And I totally cheated, by the way. I look, I did that same you way I played heads up, seven up as a kid in school. Looks. I would like put my head down, but I wouldn't close my eyes. And I kind of like peek. And especially the worst though, is you knew you couldn't make any as a kid, you knew you couldn't make any sudden movements because then it'd be obvious and the pastor yeah. can see you. Yeah. And so if he says, I see someone in the back, I'm like, who was it? And so I might want to turn my head and look, <laughs> but she just can't do it. So, okay. So, so why don't we do altar calls at his hands? Now mm-hmm. I'll, I'll preface this with this statement. Nathan and I are not the ones that started his hands church. We've been here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in the lead roles. Now I lead the, the, the church as a whole. Nathan leads our worship team and, and he's a key leader in a lot of other things. He's, you know, kind of my right hand man. And, um, and so we sort of inherited a culture and the first time I got asked the question, why don't you do altar calls? I had a really hard time answering it because it was one mm-hmm. of the things that had always been part of our culture. And yeah. I had to actually go have some time with God and go, why don't we do altar calls? Yeah. Should we do altar calls? Are we missing the, the, the boat? Are right. we not going to think it through? Mm-hmm. And I decided that we should continue in our normal, no altar call as a standard policy. If God told me to do an altar call, I'd be like, okay. Yep. I, don't, I have nothing against altar calls mm-hmm. as a whole, but there is, a, there is some interesting there's some interesting stuff to this, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. So I'll just tell it in story form. I had a guy, I don't know, six months ago come to me. And it was one of those, you may have had meetings like this. This is kind of unique maybe to, to people who work in church, but we'll pull the curtain back, let you into our real world. So yeah. this person was meeting with me to ask me a bunch of questions about the church. Mm-hmm. And it was like an interview. He was, it Basically, the, the, the gist of it was, I'm thinking about going here on the regular, right. but before I do... It was the define the relationship it was conversation. The relationship <laughs> before I before, before we're Facebook I went, official, and it's so funny because we don't even have official membership, so no, it's sort of like why. And I, I just want to get to know the guy. I thought I that's what that. it was. That's pretty cool. That's what it was. But yeah, he just wanted, great. you know. And hey, yeah. do your due diligence. Make sure you actually yeah. agree with the church apart. That's important, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm joking about it, but it was, no, it was nothing nefarious or nefarious. Is it nefarious or nefarious? I think it's nefarious. Maybe it depends on where you're from. Mm-hmm. Could probably. it be nefarious? Nefarious? I don't know. There was nothing, there was no ill intent. No. But the one big question he had was, you guys don't do altar calls. And so in his mind, that was like us missing missing the boat on giving people a chance to get saved. Mm -hmm. And so we're doing all this work. And we're 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 teaching the truth about Jesus. We we talk about Jesus so much. I mean, Mm -hmm. because he's the point. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so you're talking about Jesus a ton. We, we use a lot of scripture. We're not, we're not like pulling that stuff out of it because we're afraid that too much Bible is going to freak people out. We, we love the Bible and um, think it's super relevant to life. So we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time. He said, you're doing all this stuff. You're worshiping. You're doing all, and then you, you just you stop short. You don't have the moment that people need. And I felt bad. I was like, oh, man, are we... Are we sure? Uh, I'm like going through this this bit of You're kind of wrestling with it. Yeah, yeah. And, but then I stopped and I, I thought about a couple of things. Number one, um, the number of people that we've known that have gone all in with Jesus as part of this church. We've been around for ten years. Mm. We we stopped counting the number of people that have decided to follow Jesus and then followed through and gotten baptized. Mm-hmm. We know it's over a thousand, but we kind of yeah. stopped counting at a thousand. Yeah, I think all those signatures on the walls back behind where that tank is where people get baptized and there's just signatures up and down the walls. Yeah, everybody it's who gets really, baptized really here signs cool. this this wall and mm-hmm. we just it's 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 awesome. It's actually really beautiful, but it's so random where the signatures are and mm-hmm. there's so many layered on top of each other now yep. that you, you couldn't count them if you tried be like that'd be like a form of torture. We It'd should use difficult. that as a punishment. Well, when someone steps out of line, we're like go back and try to count the number you of go, signatures. You go count those signatures. Oh man, they're driving and, me until uh. you've had a chance to think about what you've done. <laughs> That's a good discipline tool for our children. How can we get our kids to hate church? Let's make them count all the signatures when, they're, when they misbehave. That would do So anyway, so I thought about how many people have, have decided to follow Jesus here with no altar calls, right? Mm-hmm. And then even more importantly, I started thinking about Jesus, which I think is a good thing. He's mm-hmm. always a good place to start. Mm-hmm. And we have, in Scripture, we have all these, all these messages that Jesus gave, all these moments where Jesus is teaching and, and preaching and never once does Jesus stop at the end and say, okay, now's the moment of decision. At this point in time, I need to know who's in, who's out, or, or, or even saying, hey, you know, like Peter didn't come up and start playing a guitar mm-hmm. or an organ, mm-hmm. and Jesus, you know, and, and that they was everyone's cue that, okay, it's, yeah. It's, start playing just as I am. You know, okay, we're starting to stir things. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus brought his, his, his voice down to, in a different octave, and, and this is it. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, right. who's ready? So I started thinking about that. Then I thought, it went further. I thought about Paul, who wrote so mm-hmm. much of the, the New Testament. Yeah. And we actually have some of his messages or sermons, whatever you want to call them. We have them recorded in scripture. We have them in the Bible, like in the book of Acts. We, we see what he says. And never does Paul do this whole, okay, at this time, now that I've said mm-hmm. what I've said, this is your chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is it. Mm-hmm. Never happens. And yet people you know, start following Jesus left and right. It becomes this movement. We have the, the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts, which is this mm-hmm. huge moment when the Holy Spirit first really showed up in a, in a powerful way and, and just put his presence on, on all the people following Jesus. And the Bible says that 3,000 people mm. were saved that mm-hmm. day, started following That's Jesus. Right. And it happened at the tail end of this message that Peter gave. And again, no moment where Peter says, all right, now that I've said my piece, this is the moment of decision. Right. And then I had a really weird thought. I thought about the concerts that I've been to, in the, and I'm not a big like I'm not like you. Nathan's a musician, and and uh, you know I, I never I, I haven't been to many concerts. I don't go to a ton of concerts because they're expensive. Yeah, but I do enjoy concerts. Well, sure, because you can appreciate it at a level I can't. <coughs> but I've been to a couple that I, uh, mm-hmm. of concerts I really liked, and I've never been to a concert where at the very end, the band goes, "Okay, right. now that you guys have seen our our you see our set, it's time to decide if you're gonna." be a fan of the band right. or not. This is the moment. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, oh, gosh. if you want to, if you yeah. decide, if you've crossed the line and you're it now a fan. so weird when you put it that way. Right. Right. I start having all these thoughts and this is happening really fast in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I actually think I did this thing where I probably came off as a jerk to the guy 
because he just asked, why don't you guys do altar calls? And I kind of went with, after having all these, these thoughts. It's, it's all rushing through yeah, your mind, Yeah, this, right? this, this is moment. all fast. This sure. Is, you know, sure. I just go, well, why don't you ask Jesus why he didn't do altar calls? <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> and so I had to pull back and be like, that, sound, that came out wrong. Um, but it is a relevant question. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so kind of unpacking all of that, which is a lot, um, what, what, I, what I came to, the conclusion I came to, and the reason that we still don't do altar calls on a Sunday and I, I, I don't want this to sound hyper-spiritual. I don't want it to sound like, oh, look at how uh, in tune with God we are. But I also, at the same time, don't want the emphasis of how rare I think this actually is in church to be lost. Mm. We trust the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My job is not to save anyone. Right. That's right. the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit does his job really well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we, on a Sunday-by-Sunday basis, we present, in church terms, the gospel, which is a word that means the, the good news of Jesus. We, mm-hmm. we present the good news. We tell people who Jesus is. We, we dive into We spend a ton of time talking about Jesus. He's, he's the point. And so we're, we're always doing that. And then we let the Holy Spirit do his thing. And sometimes... People are ready to make those decisions on the spot. And we'll, we'll mention at the end of a service, hey, if you're ready to follow Jesus, look, it's, a, it's between you and God. It's a prayer in your heart. But you don't have, you know, there's no ritual you have to do. But we, we help people connect the dots so they understand mm-hmm. you can make that decision at any moment. But sometimes people might need an hour to process what's right. stirring. Sometimes they might need a week yeah. to process what's stirring. And in my opinion, honestly, if we consistently force moments like that, mm-hmm. What it, what it really is, is, is us saying, it's almost like we're saying, hey, what if the Holy Spirit doesn't actually move mm-hmm. and stir in people's hearts and, yeah. and do what he promises to do? Well, if that's the case, we should probably create right. a good, you know, a good backup plan. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's create this Let's this just moment. make sure. It's just a little bit of insurance. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's easy to fall into that and, and desire that because, you know, I mean, we want for people's lives to be affected. We want for people's lives to change. That's... Part of what drew us both to being in this is part of what draws anybody to be part of a church where they kind of buy in and go all in and go, all right, I'm, I want to be out there in the world spreading this message. I want to be out there recruiting, pulling people into this family, um, is that we're excited for people to become part of the family and to become a, a, a follower of Jesus, to become part of that relationship. Um, but, you know, I kind of think of it in terms of like, you know how like, there's a big difference between someone wanting to help you and listen to you and be there for you through something. And then someone who wants to fix you so they can feel good about having fixed you. Mm -hmm. And it's always like really irritating when it, like it's easy for any of us to fall into that with a friend or whatever. It's definitely easy as a church to fall in that and be like, think of people as things to be fixed or to do items to be done. People to be saved. Okay. They're saved. Right. Done. See people, see people as converts, not, and that's, and that's just, we're a little more complex than that. Much more complex. That's such a small part, an important part, but there's so much, much more to it. And and I think it, it honors that honors the person over the moment. The moment's important, but the person is what Jesus is after. It's their heart. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting how almost in, in life, when you force people to make a rushed decision, mm. it's almost always something they, they regret mm, mm, or something mm. they have to they have to process mm-hmm. on the tail end of. Have to think about it afterwards and go, wait a second, do I? Yeah. Does that, then was you that... wrestle with second guessing, even if it was the right decision. Yeah. 
And you, you yeah. Because yeah, in this, because in this point. moment of emotional, yeah, we'll say we'll say just an emotional moment. But sometimes, just to be honest, it can border on emotional manipulation, right? Right. Because you start right. playing the music, and you start like, oh, yeah. here it goes. Yeah. And in those moments, you 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 rarely have the kind of confidence you have in the decision you've made than you do with a decision that you took some time on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it, it's a like a big decision. It's worth it's huge taking the time. It's yeah. huge. And and so if you if you know if you were to be in a relationship with someone mm-hmm. and you ask them, if you ask them, hey, will you marry me? And they said, I mean, I, the hope is they just say yes. And usually you wait to ask that question until right, you, it's kind you of a kind done of pre, deal. Yeah. I think Megan and I were planning our wedding before we, I actually proposed. I mean, it was, it, I was not shocked at the answer. She said yes. But, uh, but if the person said, can I have a day to think about it? And you said, what if you die? on the car ride home. Oh gosh. You know what and I mean? And try and add pressure. If you try to, or, or <clears throat> no, right. a, a decision that is made in the right time and with the right amount of, of, of thought and, and wrestling, I'll use that word. I, those, those tend to be decisions that we don't yeah. regret. We have confidence in. And so I, I kind of grew up in uh, church culture like you did. And I went to a lot of, of youth camps as a kid, went to oh, youth sure. camp every yeah. summer. Yeah. And so I, did you get saved with an altar call, by the way? Is that, was that your moment? Um, oh, man. I was eight years old, and it wasn't... It wasn't... And you just deeply repented for all your sin at eight years old? And <laughs> I was... Like, oh, man. Oh, I God. Was, please uh, forgive me. I'm, I'm hooked on pixie sticks, and I just can't quit. <laughs> I can't quit the sweet tea. I just... Oh, ha. <laughs> no. I didn't know what sweet tea was until I moved to Georgia. Oh, man. Well, actually, Georgia, Tennessee. Tennessee. That's yeah. one of the things I love most I about love being in Georgia is sweet tea. So good. Sweet tea. Like when you put Splenda but, in it? That's what it no. No, I know. No. I know now. What? Oh, oh. I grew up in Missouri, oh, and my sweet gosh. tea was like, what's I was that? Just, oh, tea? man. You scared me for a second there. No, but, no. no, I was eight years old, and it was part of like a Sunday school. You know, it was a Sunday morning thing. But I didn't feel pressured either. And it, But at the same time, for years, then I was like, is that really when that happened? Mm. Did, did I? But I wasn't, I didn't wrestle with it to the point where I was like, it's a pretty common story for people that grew up in church as kids and were involved a lot and went to church camps or whatever those things, like it's a pretty common story to get saved like a couple times a year at every camp or event. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I had to get saved again. Like what? Like I, I got, I didn't, so... I didn't have to deal with that. Cause I think my parents helped, helped me understand the decision I had made and go, no, right. it's, it's done. Like you are covered. You're good by Jesus. And now it's you. My parents were really good about like, helping me grasp as much as I could as a young person. I feel like I'm just now really starting to get it, just starting to, you know, after all these years. That it's like, oh, it, it is a relationship, just like my relationship with Katie, my wife. That, like, this is an ongoing, there's times where I'm like, I've known Katie, you know, Katie and I met in middle school. And so there's times I'm like, I know her so well. I know mm-hmm. everything about her. I know what she wants before she wants it, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. But then there's moments where I'll just be like doing something in the kitchen and she walks by and I just have this moment where I'm like, I, I've hardly scratched the surface of beginning to understand the the layers and facet, like multifaceted complexity that is Katie as a person, you know? And that's, the, I think, the more true, like, I think I do know her really well, but I go, so how much more the creator of the universe, like, of course this isn't an instant thing. This is a process, and it's a process that's good for me. And I'm, so my parents are pretty good about helping me understand it's right. not about making sure you did that like decision really good, so you better sure. do it again just in case. Like they're like, no, 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 don't worry about that stuff. And so that really helped me. So it was That's kind of good. at an altar call, but but it, but, but then I had the help 
to process. Yeah, and so I had a similar, I was thinking I was 10, a few years behind you. But, uh, oh wait, but I was 10 when you were only seven, so I'm still ahead. So you were, yeah. Never mind. That's what's important. That's what matters. Um, I'm older. But uh, I always, I always will be. You can't catch up. I keep the, trying. Uh, no, so for me, I, I, you know, I'm 10 years old, similar decision. Uh-huh. But then I, I got to high school or junior high, what I can't remember exactly, late, mm-hmm. late junior high, early high school. Yeah. And I start going on these summer yep. trips with, with my, my youth group to these camps. Yeah. And it's so funny because now I can look back on it uh, with, with kind of a, a cynical attitude, if yeah. I'm being honest. Where you like, look back, it's like, oh, that was so much cheesy. Oh, my gosh. But, but <laughs> I, every youth camp I went on, I got saved again. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, it was, yeah. out, of, it was out of fear. Because here it was almost like here's what the strategy was. I don't think anyone sat in a room and planned it this way. I think right. it was just sort of what was done. It's so well like, intended. it was all it was almost like night one. Get them to question whether or not they're really saved. And here's how it would go. It'd be like, "Are you a Christian?" And you're like, "Yes." Are you sure? Are you really? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. What do you mean? Well, and then you start listing off things that pretty much. If you list these five things off, every teenager in the room is going to start squirming, right? Like, yeah. uh, sex, thinking about sex. Mm-hmm. Drinking, partying, uh, smoking—you know—you start listing off these these like things all yeah. teenagers struggle with and are tempted to do. And then it was, and you're like, oh man, yeah, I, one or two of those things are definitely things I've either done or thought about doing. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, the guy is like, would a would a real Christian do that? Right. Mm. And then and then that would be followed up by the, the always, are you one hundred percent sure? Right. That you're going to heaven. If you right. died today, mm-hmm. are you 100% sure you're going to heaven? And then you'd be like, I'm like a solid 98% sure. <laughs> you know? Uh-huh. I was 100% sure before you started talking. But after that list. And I'm now, I'm like yeah, 98, okay. 99. Right. And so right. then it would be this almost like, well, just in case, the fire insurance thing, just in case. So really yeah. when I look back at that, no one meant poorly. I don't think there was anything going right. on that was... Intended very well. It was well intended, but it was yeah. still manipulative. Yeah. It was emotional mm. manipulation. Mm-hmm. And I struggled for a long time after I had raised my hand six mm. times at those things. I was like, well, when did I become a Christian? Mm-hmm. Was it the fourth time? The first? And now I look back and I go, no, it was the first time. It was yeah. the first moment that I That's right. understood it enough. And I said, no, I want to be with Jesus. And then what, what happened after that was my life was in process. Mm-hmm. And I struggled. And I had issues like every person does. And I wasn't the perfect Christian, but I was trying to be. And... I hadn't even realized yet you're not supposed to be a perfect Christian. You're, you're, you're perfect actually means complete in the Bible. And it means you allow God to complete yes. something inside of you, not you have to strive That's for it. Right. So That's I don't right. want a lot of confusion because oftentimes things like altar calls amount to the church version of a high mm. pressure mm-hmm. sales type experience. Mm-hmm. Like it's now, you gotta, you gotta do it now. If you walk out yeah. that door, this deal mm. may not be here tomorrow. This yeah. car might drive off the lot kind of thing. Not that if you're a used car salesman, you're a high pressure person. I'm just, it's a stereotype, sorry. But that, that's how it sort of felt. Um, and so that's kind of why we don't do altar calls. It's, it's not because the altar calls are wrong. It's because we, we have, we've never done them, and we've seen over 1,000 people go all in with Jesus, and we've just learned to not believe in anything that is artificially creating yeah. a moment when, when the Holy Spirit is going to do it. Yeah. Like, He's going to do it. Yeah, the Holy Spirit... It, it, that moment, that decision, that relationship beginning as a conscious decision for that person is not dependent on a technique that right. we do. No, and, and it's definitely it's not, not in Scripture. I mean, I go back That's to right. that. There's no yeah. moment in Scripture that we have a That's parallel right. for that. And so not that there aren't moments where people stepped up. That exactly. definitely happened. But, but it's not like we're doing this. Like we do Lord's Supper almost every Sunday at our church, mm-hmm. and we do it for a very simple reason. Jesus said, when you get together, when you gather, do this in, as a way to remember me. And mm-hmm. we just take that at, at its face value and go, 
Okay. Yeah. And so we take Lord's Supper a lot, but there's no moment in scripture where Jesus is, and here's how he did it. And we're following his model. In fact, it's kind of funny because very few teachers, preachers, pastors follow any of the models Jesus used when he taught and led people to to God, you know? Um, And, and and as we kind of wrap up, it sort of brings us to maybe a bigger picture part of our church culture in his hands. And that's that we want to be an opt in church. Yeah. So, what we mean is we, again, not only do we trust the Holy Spirit, but we also trust people to respond yes. in the right moment at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it, it really boils down, it's how we do our giving. We don't pass plates or buckets around. Um, we, we talk about the need and then we trust God. You know, and trust me, like we've never done a giving campaign, but I've been tempted to many times. Sure. There, there are months where I look at the bottom line mm-hmm. and maybe giving was not good that month. And I go, that's it. Next month, we're going to have, it's time to have a, you know, a come to Jesus moment. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, yeah. why, why is that a bad thing? Why, why is that saying come, come to, Jesus to Jesus moment? moment. Like, isn't that what we, like, the yeah. best moment in someone's life? Probably because of altar calls. Altar calls. Boom. There it is. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. So, time to have a come to Jesus moment. And, 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 I'll, I'll, and it'll make sense in my mind. I can list yeah. all the reasons why we should, we, should, we should have a campaign and we should, you know, Position it this you way. Start making and present, a plan. Start making a plan, a plan but then yeah. I stop and I have to ask that question: Are we pressuring people? Mm-hmm. And instead of planning and working hard and creating all this, this stuff for this this campaign. And again, there's nothing wrong with giving campaigns if your church does that or whatever. That's fine. But, but I have to look at it and go, well, has God told me to do this? And the answer is no. Mm-hmm. And even more importantly, well, not more importantly than God told me to do it, but but something that's that's more consistent for our, our culture here, because if we're going to do something like that, it's, it's a shift from our culture. we got to mm. be clear that God's mm-hmm. telling us to do it. Right. Um, there's nothing more important than God speaking. But, but I, have to, I have to stop and go, whoa, have I prayed that God would just do it? Mm-hmm. Have you asked yet? Yeah, have right. I asked God? Right. And so rather than me go, oh, man, let me take this in my own hands, because we know in the Bible when that happens, things go really well, mm. when people They're go. Not, yeah, not at all. But I sit there and I go, well, when's yeah. the last time I prayed and I asked God to literally prompt people and move people? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how when we stop and do that, the response yeah. that we want happens without us having to do the work. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, giving, we just, we trust God to move. We trust people to respond. Worship. I mean, talk about that. That's how, I mean, you lead worship. and Yeah, and, and um, that's one of the things I speak with. You know, we have a, a really great mix of people on the worship team who have, over the years, either been with us a long time or are more new. And, and one of the things that... Uh, um, stands out to musicians that have maybe served in church in the past on a worship team, one of the first things they notice and, and comes up in conversation, and I'm always glad it does, they, they, they kind of notice, we don't tell people to raise their hands, and we don't tell people to clap. And I go, yeah, that's right. We don't, we don't tell people to clap. We don't tell people you have to stand up. Mainly because people, people you know, are terrible at clapping in rhythm. That's not true. No, 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 no. <laughs> there have been times where people start <laughs> clapping, and then they, it and it's so hard, slower. it's way off. Or there's that thing where people start clapping at the beginning of a song because it's just instrumental. But then and there's a beat, and then the person starts singing. And then, and then like, like a quarter of the people keep clapping, but the rest can't like clap Ricky and Bobby, sing. I and don't then it just sort of slowly hands. fades. <laughs> yeah. Anytime clapping starts with a song, it, <laughs> that's, ends, it ends poorly. That anyway. is, that's a theory. Uh, <laughs> The, the real reason is, is you know, it's, it's the scripture where, where Paul wrote, don't, do, don't give in response to pressure. And I, man, learning about that and really applying that in the context of worship, I'm like, I should not be as a leader. I should not put people in a place 
where there's pressure for them to respond to yep. in worship. It should be, an as opt- much as it should be can, opt-in. They should be free and we should model what worship looks like. And so we clap and we raise our hands and there are times where we'll encourage, but we're very careful um, as best we can to manage that. Hey, we, yeah, because worship, as the leaders, you, say, you say model what worship looks like. Well, clapping and raising hands is not what worship looks like, but an unashamed passion for yeah. Jesus, that is. And yeah. if that means clapping, might, dancing, yeah. All those shouting, singing, whatever that is, that's great. But if you start to feel like, wait, if I don't clap with everybody else, I'll look weird. Yep. Because what's communicated from the stage is someone going, all right, come on, everybody. Well, now I'm applying pressure and that that's not that person's freedom right. of choice. You know, the, I, I hope they still would choose to do that, but I'd much rather them be led by the Holy Spirit and their own freedom to go, you know what? Yeah, yeah you're I right. I want to clap or I want to raise my hands or I want to sing or I want to dance or they might just need the freedom to sit and reflect because that's what they need. And when, you, and when you let them do that, then when you have those moments where like the, the, the mm-hmm. whole church is just, mm-hmm. they're in it. Mm-hmm. You know that's mm-hmm. the result it's, of the Holy Spirit it's moving. God's doing, not mine. Exactly. That's and right. we don't go, oh, that's look. Right. They, because it, it'd be so easy to say, everyone, let's give God a shout and everyone raise your hands right now. And again, and we do nothing, there's nothing wrong with that mm-hmm. in and of itself. But... Then when people do it, you have to ask, or are they really doing it out of a genuine desire to, or are they just doing what they've been told yes, to do? Yeah. And religion's all about people doing what they're told. Yep. Man, right? that's so, it. So it is. That's right. That's and right. we're not trying to be religious. So, you know, you look at all those, those three areas. You look at how we handle giving people a chance to get saved. You look at, at worship. You look at giving. And it's all got to be opt-in. Mm-hmm. That's right. And we have to trust the that's Holy right. Spirit and people. Holy Spirit needs to move. But he promises to do that. And I, I think he's way less likely to let us down than, than you know, mm-hmm. anyone. And then you have to trust people to respond because, mm-hmm. honestly, Jesus trusted yes. God and people. Yep, absolutely. And so you know, I, just to, to, to kind of put the cherry on top, you know, going back to that original question, why don't we do altar calls? I think we should be very careful in church about trying to, and I'm going to use a, a really church analogy, but it's in the Bible, so it, it's totally okay. We've got to be careful about harvesting early mm-hmm. because in mm-hmm. an agricultural sense, I've never been a farmer and I never will be, most likely, unless things go way differently <laughs> than I have planned. But that could happen. But, you know, if, if you plant seeds, and oftentimes in church, planting seeds is analogous to like, you know, you're, you're teaching about Jesus, you're, you're getting the message out there, and then you, you water the seeds, which is you know, discipleship and, and continuing to mm-hmm. come alongside people. And then the second you see a little shoot come up, you grab a hold of that and pull it out of the ground. Mm. That was not ready. That is right. bad. Don't, right. that, that was not, it's not, not there. Ready at all. It's not ready. And sometimes in church, that's what happens. The second we, we, we sense any type of, uh, of stirring or movement or growth, we want to like take it to completion. Yeah. But that's not how life works. The process. We, we, yeah, exactly. And yeah. instead, maybe just let let God do His thing, create an environment that lets God do His thing, and then let people respond in their own time. And and you know, if, if we had gone six months and we had seen nobody come forward and follow Jesus or, or no one get baptized, uh, we we might have to stop and go. This isn't working. You know, maybe maybe we're wrong. Let's throw it all out. Altar calls are the thing. But we've never seen that happen. Mm-hmm. So anyway. That's right. Um, yeah, why, why don't, why don't we do altar calls? We can phrase it. Why, why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we? Usually it's, why don't you do altar calls? Like in this very, (laughs) Hey, you know, I had a person, we'll wrap up on this. I had a person, uh, ask me, 
well, yeah, but what happens if they die in a car accident on, on the way home after church? I was like, don't put that on me. That's not up to me. <laughs> and like in this scenario, mm. am I, did, I, did I cut their brakes? Is that what you're suggesting? Like, why are you putting this on me? <laughs> you know, like it was very much like you're not. Accusing. Yeah, like, oh, I, like, like I'm going to get to heaven and God's going to be like, all right, Justin, I'm going to walk you back to May of 2016. <laughs> you, you preached a good message, but you didn't do an altar call. And Ricky died on the way oh home. Oh my gosh! And, no, like that was the scenario they were almost playing out. I'm sitting there going, right. "That that's religion, man. Yeah, that's just religion." Right. And uh, and that that I don't I don't need that kind of pressure. Well, and and <laughs> we're not supposed to make decisions out of fear. Exactly. So let's not put fear on people. There you go. And mess with their decisions. Yeah. Should we stop? We should probably stop talking about altar calls. Yeah. Let's move on to something. Okay. Else. With every head bowed and every eye closed, <laughs> let's wrap up this, this podcast. <laughs> podcast. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye.